Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. We have an exciting guest joining us today, Anthony Luttenberger. Uh, he is a long-distance motorcyclist who's logged over 200,000 miles cross-country, and it so happens that he's also the SVP. We're very excited to have you, Anthony. Oh, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, well, Anthony, we talk about that 200,000-plus miles. Uh, that's going to be extremely painful to achieve. Um, aren't you close to a world record at this point? Uh, I wish I could claim that, um, but I'm not. Uh, I've been riding. Fortunately, I've, I've been able to meet some guys that were really into long-distance motorcycling and really seeing the country on the back of a bike. And, um, no, there are there are a lot of a lot of motorcyclists out there that do a lot more than I do. They actually travel the world on two wheels. It's exciting. Yeah, I, I find uh, being outdoors really inspirational. I know you and I have talked in the past about that. So, I mean, what inspires you most about doing the cycling? How is it uh, kind of compared to business in some way? Yeah, there are a lot of parallels. And that's actually a really great question. Um, it's an interest that I've had uh, growing up as a kid, right? On bicycles and then taking playing cards with a clothespin and putting it on your the back of your bike. And then uh, as I grew up, went to college, uh, got into my career, uh, then had an opportunity to really start to ride and um i'm not a biker right i'm probably would just consider myself a, a long distance motorcyclist i don't i don't just ride to the local restaurant or the local bike night um it's really um it's it, it's with a purpose and it's i want to see the country and i was very inspired by malcolm forbes and i've heard uh jay leno say this because they both are motorcyclists and have huge collections um but malcolm was known for saying that when you drive and see the country in a car you see how beautiful the country is. When you do it in a motorcycle, uh, you're in it. You're not just looking at it. And that really is true. When you're out west and you're riding across the plains or riding through the national parks, it's a gift to have eyesight. And so I developed this passion to wanting to see the country um, on two wheels. And then um, as a data guy and as an executive leader, and I believe in process and, and really good habits, there are many parallels to business and success. And so from preparation um, to really using good information to anticipation, um, it's all, you know, it's got to keep you safe. You want to stay safe on the road. You want to have a good time. You want to make sure your bike's reliable. Um, and you you really want to prepare and execute. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's really about having fun while you're doing it. So a lot of parallels. I kind of think about the risk in riding sometimes. You have the thrill of actually being out there and doing it and going fast and seeing things. But at the same time, there's always lots of risk, right, on the road that you can't anticipate sometimes or you can anticipate. Yeah. I mean, how does that correlate to business? Because I know we talk about, you know, leadership, right, as being anticipative. You've got to plan. You've got to be effective. You've got to be thinking about things ahead. So how does that, you know, in your in your view, how does that, you know, how does it compare? Yeah, that's a that's a mindset, right? That's a mindset in life. So whether you're on the back of a bike, uh, which is risky, and in recent years, last decade, with the hyper texting and the hyper distractions, it's becoming more dangerous. So it's really important to be aware of your environment um, and really understand what the risks are. You know, um, on a motorcycle, it's very different than four wheels on a car. You know, a squirrel could put you down, right? Or a tin can. Um, so you have to be able to to monitor the road and pay attention with hyper focus uh, and be really diligent about it. And the same thing in business, right? I think the greatest leaders have an ability to dial in their own crystal ball. Look, I know everyone doesn't have a crystal ball, but I would argue I think 
you do. And I think people are born uh, with this innate ability, right? We all have gut. We all have intuition. Um, we all have different levels of education and experience. And if you really learn to dial in your self-awareness or that crystal ball and kind of start to see patterns in your life, see patterns uh, in business and, and really mitigate that risk because every business has risk. Uh, and it's important if, you, if you're flying blind um, or riding blind, uh, that's not good, right? You need to anticipate it. Um, mm -hmm. I've talked in the past about uh, my own personal uh, interest in aviation. And there are a lot of pilot, a lot of um, parallels to that as well as a pilot. And so um, we've talked about you know, if great information is um, the radar by which we all fly, why do we all choose to fly blind, right? There's a lot of information today that was not available 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And the parallels with pilots, right? Mm -hmm. would, you use, would you get on a plane where the pilot was using a weather report from a few days ago or even a few hours ago? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, you want to use the relevant information um, and make sure that it's accurate and up to date. And it's the same thing, whether you're in business or in motorsports, you know. So when we think about inspiration, and I know you admire a lot of different types of leaders. You mentioned Malcolm Forbes. Um, what inspired you to get into sales, into leadership, and maybe into life sciences? You know, kind of just a, a, kind of the story and how you got there. Yeah, that, it's, that's a great question because I, I often, um, I often think about that. And I remember vividly uh, being in college and getting close to graduation and having conversations with my father and friends. Like, well, what are you going to do after you graduate? And I remember saying, you know what? If I have to grind it out 40 or 50 hours a week, I want to earn an above average income. And the only people that I knew at that time that were doing really well were salespeople. And I knew folks that had gone into, whether it be software sales or um, any other product or service. Uh, and I happened to just be really fortunate that uh, my first job uh, out of college uh, was selling for pharm selling pharmaceuticals. And I happened to know someone. And so it, it may be by chance that, you know, they were looking for young folks with a certain skill set. And at that time they were willing to train. So I got an entry level sales job as a pharmaceutical rep. And then the light bulb went on. All of a sudden it was like, wow, man, I wish I applied myself in college because I actually get this. I have a, a um, I'm analytical. I like the human body. Uh, and I'm fascinated by uh, the design and and the systems and like, wow, I really got into it and started to learn it. And so I joined it initially to think that you could join, you could um, earn an above average income. But the reality is a lot of people crash and burn and get out mm -hmm. quick. Um, I stay in it now, 30 something years later, um, because of the passion I've developed to minimize suffering or eliminate suffering and do it by leveraging technology. That's really what gets us out of bed, at least certainly gets me out of bed every morning, is to know that there are just countless people out in the world that need data-driven decisions, they need technology, um, they need devices, they need platforms, they need software um, to help guide them through um, their recovery. And it's really focusing on other people, uh, and sincerely other people, patients to help minimize um, their affliction or eliminate it. So it's, it's been a great, a great career. And as your career has evolved, Anthony, I mean, has there been someone who's been influential in shaping and just growing you as an individual, someone that you look up to as like a mentor that's 
whether it be allowed you to enter the doors and or help shape and grow your career? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. There have been so many. Again, I feel very fortunate to have um, surrounded myself with some really good people. Um, there was a gentleman, his name was Gary Stein, who was a mentor uh, a little over 20, 25 years ago um, that really worked with me and just said, you know, do you know yourself? And he really focused on, he thought that excellence started with the self-awareness and your ability to, to know how you think, how you feel, how you behave, um, how you approach situations, how you solve problems. Um, and he was really, he took a personal interest in me in, in developing. He, he, he used to say, you know what? Um, you need to stop being so understated. And I, I am, I'm actually an introvert when I'm not working. Right. Um, and so I've had to learn about different temperaments and then really learn about different temperaments of other people. So it's helped me with this, this awareness of understanding that success comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, different genders, different age groups, different, um, you know, different backgrounds. Um, so as I've worked on myself, I've been able to apply that. And really, I believe it's the secret in, in really building high performance teams and ultimately driving sales and revenue and high performance organizations. So yeah, Gary Stein was definitely a big one. And uh, more recently, it's someone that Michael turned me on to, right? Thomas Hegeland, um, where I'm working. I believe in coaching. Uh, it's just incredibly important to work with an objective third party that could evaluate what you're doing, how you're doing it, when you're doing it. And think about that. Think about sports. Um, mm -hmm. Chicago Bulls fan, right? And the glory days of Michael Jordan um, and Phil Jackson. You know, Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson used to... Um, uh, constantly work together but who took the instruction from who right michael jordan took it from phil jackson but if michael jordan and phil jackson actually got on a court who do you think would win michael right. jordan it would clean up every single time mm -hmm. but yet he had someone that could look at his shot he could look at his feet he could look at his movement so whether you apply it to um, i was a swimmer growing up so having swimming coaches that would say hey raise your elbow move your head this way and then it introduced this thing called efficiency of motion, right? So whether it's motorcycling, piloting, sports, military, musician, we haven't talked about that yet, but um, I've really worked hard on becoming a fairly accomplished bassist. And it's the discipline around that. And there's so many things that tie to it, right? Humility. You have mm -hmm. to know um, that, you know, you know why I'm the smartest person in the room every time? because I know I'm not the smartest person in the room, right? I'm open to know that other people have different levels of experience and different levels of education and different perspective. And they see things I don't see. And I know that everyone has blind spots, including me. So it's important to work with coaches and be open to mentors. And I've also had really good leaders. Um, it was really important for me to work with leaders uh, who've done it, who they know what they're doing and they're open to learn and grow. Um, so that combination can be incredibly powerful. When you think of um, all the things you've learned in your your career, right, all the multiple times, um, whether it's been leadership roles or individual, I mean, what are the key takeaways you've actually leveraged through that experience? Yeah, um, oh, there's so many. I, I think um, one of the biggest ones um, is speed. I like to say speed kills, right? Again, I'm, I'm not talking about motorcycle accidents. Although when somebody says speed kills, they think of driving too fast, right? When you wind up in a wreck. 
But the truth is driving too slow can be equally devastating. You can cause a bad accident. Uh, in business, um, it's it's really important to make sure uh, that you're moving and you keep moving. Don't have fear. That's a, that's something that I've learned. If you run forward, fall forward. Be confident. Know that you don't know everything. But it's really important. If you sit back and wait and and try to figure it out and then have a meeting and have another meeting and do another report and do another analysis and hire a consultant. By the time you actually make a decision, chances are you'll wind up plus or minus, you know, 10% where you started, but you will also have wasted a lot of time. And, and time is an incredibly important component in our, in our life, not just in business. And so if you, if you let the time go, uh, you, you're allowing other things to be potentially introduced. Um, and then by the time you think you got it right, it changed. It's no longer relevant or you missed something. So it's, it's just really important to have confidence and go. Don't delay. So are those some of the attributes that you look for in your team as you are scaling up uh, your business? Yeah, that's really important. And that's a great question. Um, and it's a really a difficult thing to assess. So when we hire people, we really look for a couple things. Um, one, have you worked with anybody that's currently on our staff or somebody we know, right? We heavily weight the advice of those who've, who've worked with you in the past because they know your demeanor they know your temperament. They know whether or not you're really responsive or do you tend to be unresponsive? They know if you're a good technical fit and they know if you're a good cultural fit, but they also know the things that I find very difficult to interview for. And that's like resilience and grit. Are you super dramatic and highly emotional? Do you quit easily? Do you blame other people and, and process? Or do you lean forward? Do you, do you come forward and ask for what you need? Do you ask for more? You have that kind of confidence. And when we manage teams, when I manage teams, I want to bring the absolute best out in every individual. And I take a very personal interest in it. Uh, I really do want to see people succeed. And I want people to have that confidence. And I want them to feel heard. Because I, I say this on my leadership meetings, and I challenge one another. If you're not talking directly to a customer or heavily weighting the advice of those who do, I'm going to challenge whether or not you're making optimal decisions. Um, you know, I remember watching some episodes of MacGyver, right? Remember that old TV show where oh, he can make- Without question. <laughs> duct, tape and, duct tape and hangers, you can make, you know, bombs. and Yeah. Uh, something struck me from that is that it feels like for most things, not all things, the answer isn't within reach. If, if you live your life, you know, if you put in the work, you have faith you're doing the right things, and you're patient, not too patient, but patient enough that you know that the seeds that you plant are going to grow, and you've got the right sunshine and water to get it done, um, it's going to happen. So when we're faced with challenges, right, and what we do is we solve problems every day, and it's, it's about solving challenges. It's about um, making sure that we're providing high value solutions for our customers. So what does that look like? Um, I really need to make sure that uh, every individual on our team has that confidence that they're feeling heard. They understand that they're being supportive. I want them to be the best that they possibly can be. They don't have to fit a certain mold. There are poor behaviors that we try to avoid, of course. But then when I coach and help um, along the way, everyone, every call that we have, Every meeting that we have, and it's and and I and I mean I'm aware of it to help coaching. It doesn't mean 
that I turn these things into interrogations, right? It's like, hey, the next time you're presenting this, you know, acknowledge what they say or compliment someone or genuine compliment, a genuine acknowledgement. Um, talk about the solution that they're trying to solve, but more importantly, then ask them, what is it that they really want? Right? Think about that. Everybody, everybody seems to get caught up on, oh, what problem are we solving? But that problem may not be what they're really trying to achieve. You, you should always compliment and ask those questions in, in tandem um, to help your customers to really understand what they're trying to do. I know we're covering a lot of ground here. Um, yeah. I'll pause. I, I've, got a, I've got a question I thought might be interesting to kind of talk through. When you think about responsibility in the context of a sales position, right? You're hiring a new person. Yeah. How, do you, how do you look at responsibility versus accountability as a sales leader? Yeah, that's a great question. I can tell you this, and I'll admit this. Um, hearing leaders put their fist up and say, we're going to hold you accountable is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. If, if you feel like you need to um, tell people you're going to hold them accountable, I'm going to question whether or not you have the right person in the chair, right? So, And then also, I'll also question whether or not you have the right leader. Does the leader actually know the business? Do they know how to lead people? And then do you have the right person in the chair? I, I I believe that if you have the right people in the chair, they accept the responsibility for the role, they're qualified for the role, and they're driven for the role, and that they'll do it. Um, holding people accountable to me is like saying, does SEAL Team 6 hear that from their leadership? Did Michael Jordan hear that You know, from Phil Jackson? Um, did Bill Belichick say that to Tom Brady? Do world-class musicians hear that from their conductor? I'll challenge you, probably never. And so what does that mean, right? So I've had this discussion with other leaders and they immediately say, yeah, but Anthony, not everybody is a Michael Jordan or a member of SEAL Team 6 and they don't perform at that level. That's actually true. But what's really important though, um, are you hiring right? And in business, it's all about people. It's always about people. And until people change, it's not going to change. And so what does that mean, right? Uh, my dad was a baseball player, a baseball fan growing up. And he, and, you know, he loved Yogi Berra and we used to quote him all the time. So that, that sounds like a Yogi Berraism, right? It's not going to change until people change. Um, so all the technology in the world is not going to change the human interaction. So how do you, how do you really bring the best out in people and meet them exactly where they are and through mentors and great coaches um, and self-acceptance and some really high years and low years. And my most devastating years actually have nothing to do with business, right? I, I, I think it would be more linked towards betrayal or, wow, I, I had no idea that person. Maybe it's, I interpret it as character or, or integrity, um, you know, betrayal or loss. Um, and then the flip side of that is, wow, I learned that you can't control the way people think, you can't control the way people feel, you can't control the way they believe, but you can have something called influence without authority. There was a good book written about that years ago. I read it. I don't recall who the author was. Um, but having that type of influence and helping bring the best out in people is really what you need to focus on. Um, it's it, it's really, really important. So, so circling back to the accountability versus responsibility, I want to build a winning culture and bring the best out in people and make sure I have the right technical fit, right? Can they do the job and do it well? Do they have the correct cultural fit? 
But then do they have the drive and the resilience and the grit and the passion and the commitment? Do they understand the mission of what it is that we're trying to do and that their leadership believes in them. And I want them to be really, really successful. I, I delight in approving really big commission checks, right? For my team. I know that they're doing well, but you know why I really like it? I know it because their kids are in college or their wife is training for a second career or they can pay off the house or they can fund the retirement or they've been driving a beater for 15 years and they can finally get a new car. Um, it, it's exciting and it's motivating. And this goes to the bigger question, right? Michael, you and I have had this discussion, you know, what's the difference between happiness and fulfillment, right? And, um, you know, I believe that, I believe it has to do with where you're focused. Are you focused on yourself? And is it a temporary feeling of happiness? Or are you focused on other people? And are you focused in service? Do you have a purpose that has a lot to do with fulfillment and why you're successful and why you get out of bed and, and, and stay driven? Um, yeah. These are yeah great. I, I totally agree. <clears throat> I mean, the best leaders we've ever worked with are totally self-aware. It's about, it's about the business and the people that work for them, not about them. Yeah. People really that totally focus on their own accomplishments are the people that are particularly successful. Yeah, we, we do. We wake up, we're, we're responsible for hundreds of families, hundreds of families. And the, any, and the only way to make a real material difference in their life is to build a strong company by providing incredible high value to our customers, certainly at reasonable prices, but, but to really develop an organization that's super high quality, super service oriented, for both the customers and the employees. And so that the most meaningful way you can help these, these families is by having really good careers. And we do it by serving others. So it's, it's, yeah, it's actually a wonderful environment to work in. Is, you know, I was thinking about this in terms of what you do, right? And <clears throat> kind of what you've delivered over your career. Is there anything you're really proud about? like one moment in your career that you're super proud about that actually made you even more focused on being successful. So you could kind of like help other people or achieve something, right? Was there any particular moment in your career? Well, you know, it's a wow moment. Yeah. It's really interesting um, to ask that because as I get older, the wow moments are the smaller moments, not the bigger moments, right? We've had really successful companies. A couple of them have sold. Um, or you brought in this really big multi seven figure deal and everybody's high fiving each other. Um, because the world says, wow, you have higher sales and revenue or more money. And somehow that's an indicator of success. But the greatest moments have been when I've worked with individuals that maybe didn't see it for themselves, but a year or two later, they rose to the occasion and they developed and you took a personal interest and then you learn of a story of who helped their sister out who's struggling with leukemia or who you know they were able to buy a house or you you learn about where their family came from um and they have this wonderful life uh from where their family came from that's meaningful it's really really driving change in people and potentially generations of people right so when and then you can work with them. And if they're open and receptive to want to learn, everything that you and I are talking about today can be transferred on to somebody else. I, I think some of the best moments of my life have been when I've met people 
that said, yeah, this is possible. No different than the motorcycling crowd, right? Oh, you can mm -hmm. run to Florida. Who wants to do that? Man, that sounds like it hurts. Yeah, the first <laughs> one really did hurt, right? And then they said, no, 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 you you got to ergonomically get your seat right. And you've got to get your pegs right. You've got to get your handlebars right. And you have to know your body. And we stop for gas every 150 miles regardless. Um, some of us had to put extended long-range gas tanks on our bikes, but that's another story. Um, but, you know, you you once you f figure it out, then it becomes easy. And there was a time in my life where I used to say, riding on the back of a bike with an electric jacket was like cruising around in a toaster oven. It was just so warm and comfortable. And so you, when you figure it out and you change it, it, it just changes the dynamic. So, um, but those skills are the same, right? In business, you you be a critical thinker. You try to solve the problem. You try to be as as efficient as you can, right? Because look, there's just no shortage of people who throw in tons of money at stuff, and then they ultimately fail anyway. Um, you want to be efficient, and you want to you, you want to be fast. You want to be efficient, and it's, you know, it's just, it's just I just thought of something. It's it's the same with customers. There are customers that you want your competition to have, right? That's a big statement, and you you got to see the faces of the customers. Um, thank goodness I have not had to say this few, but I have said it a few times in my career. And we all deal with it. It's the customer that constantly complains, sucks up all of your time, all of your money, wants everything for free or at a discount, or it costs you something. And sometimes you just have to say, if it's not a mutually beneficial relationship, you got to let it go. You got to go see something, make it, recommend it. Because you know what? You want your customer, you want your competition to have a hundred of those customers, right? They could potentially sink you. And so it's an important lesson to learn, but you always treat people with respect and you always, you know, you explain to them what the limitations are. And that's a whole nother, maybe another topic for another time around how do you handle challenging customers, right? Um, but when you do it for so long and you do it well, I think the challenging customers can be your best customers because there's just nothing like a, a catastrophe that's resolved well um, that forges a long-term relationship, you know, like, they know, hey, when it comes to data anomalies, I'm calling Anthony and his team um, because I we all have challenges and things go wrong and go sideways and all the time. It's how you handle them that ultimately sets you apart. Yeah, and I think it actually offers you a learning op opportunity, right? Every single time you make a mistake, every time you deal with a particular customer, the challenge is understanding what to do next time and how to improve what you do. So. Yeah. You don't get defeated over that. You just kind of focus on what you learned from it and how you can do better. Yeah. And, and the self, yeah, the self-awareness too. It's interesting. Um, one of my other favorite quotes, I think it's George Bernard Shaw that said the definition of communication is the illusion that it actually happened, right? When you speak clearly and frequently and you communicate, do you really know that they heard what you said? Are they picturing in your mind the same thing and often they're not and are you aware of that right are are you are you able to fine-tune that crystal ball right and look in there and say hmm i'm not so sure they walked away with the same thing maybe we should revisit something or address something um because that's that's important i mean people interpret things differently all the time um and and maybe you know when i say wow you know i, I want to I want a blue, I want a blue ship. I want to, I want to buy a big boat and I want it blue. 
And you know, you know, I'm thinking navy blue, you're thinking light blue, somebody's thinking periwinkle blue. And I only know that because we recently painted. Um, but that's, you know, um, it's important to to be able to clearly communicate and then be able to go back and, and revisit, make sure we're we're on the on the same page. When you think about sales leadership and you think about what's happening with transformational technology today, especially in digital, I mean what do you see as the future for sales leadership? How will it change, do you think, given the dynamics uh, of technology, um, you know, actually being, you know, part of our lives now uh, in the rapid pace of it? What do you think of the future is in terms of sales leadership? Yeah, in terms of sales leadership, that's a really, really good question because it feels like as more time goes on, it's becoming more specialized and the skill sets are... Um, becoming scarce, right? You can't apply the same skill sets, uh, I believe in healthcare uh, to other areas or other areas applied to healthcare. There, there's a fundamental uh, business acumen that you need to possess, but you need to know the nuances of healthcare. And right, so so coming in and thinking you're gonna be this big disruptive company um, and, and not have challenges uh, is naive, right? The FDA, uh, is incredibly important. They play a very, very important role in our industry. Um, so do other compliance guidelines and uh, such as HIPAA. And there are there are standards of excellence that are in place to ensure that we maintain safety and efficacy in all that we do. And that's really what it's about. So in healthcare, um, you know, technology is changing at a rapid pace, and it's really improving our lives in in many many ways. Um, in healthcare, we're really in the early stages. Uh, what's happening in AI is phenomenal, right? Artificial intelligence, machine learning, algorithms, predictive analytics. Um, the technology in, in the medical device area is outstanding. Um, what we're able to do now is, is really move a lot faster than ever before by using the data. You know, we I've seen some some reports on LinkedIn around um, radiography and how you know now a typical physician used to look at eighty to one hundred and twenty scans a day. Now with AI, they could get it over a thousand, with a, a greater degree of accuracy. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So so it's just really improved. If you're not aware, you you have to you have to um, you have to stay on the cutting edge. So. So the leadership from a sales perspective is our customers are really smart, right? They're really sophisticated. They're highly educated. They have really good experience. We're selling to a highly educated customer. Um, and how we approach it is that we are, we are really life science partners. Um, we're highly consultative in our approach and we're, we're perceived and we are, we deliver a high level of expertise to help them navigate this highly complex, very fast paced, really quickly changing environment. And you need to go into that knowing that you really need to know what's going, not only what's going on in our company, but what's going on with the competitors. What are the big movements in the market? What are the next, what are the, what are the next, uh, the upcoming trends? It's like motorcycling, right? You're riding down the road. You better be anticipating those moves whether it's traffic around you or what's around that curve. Um, so we can help really partner with our customers and help guide them to make really good decisions that certainly propels their business forward, but they do it by working with us. And so from a sales leadership perspective, um, 
you, you need to stay on on top of your game. You can't just be, you know, you can't just sit behind a desk and push email and Zoom calls all day. That's not the real successful leaders are going to understand that they need to work shoulder to shoulder with their teams and with their customers um, and, and be player coaches moving forward. Uh, we had talked about how, how critical engagement is, right? Yeah. Especially from a sales leader's perspective, um, you can't be distant. You got to be very active. You can't depend on Zoom. No, you really can't. Um, I've been saying this for a long time, and I mentioned it before, right? And, and until people change, it's not going to change. And I know there's a younger generation that's like super savvy with the tech. And if I have a question, oh, there's a link for that, or you know, go to the internal share drive, and and without any human interaction. Um, and I, I think folks that that just rely on here there's a link do it yourself you're going to get left behind right there's there, what's the old saying the surfers uh you either you, you learn to swim no you learn to surf or or stay out of the stay on the beach or get crushed right it's it's something like that i'm probably i say not. sink a swim and to make it keep it simple right yeah yeah it's so so you need to you really need to you're going to get left behind and that I'm seeing that in, in, and, and look, and that doesn't mean you're older. It could be young people who just are resistant to continuous learning and continuous improvement. Um, you know, I'll give you a really simple example, and this is probably really common, right? If we say there's a dinner um, at a certain restaurant at a certain time, don't write back, do they have dietary options on the menu? Okay, there's this new invention called Google, <laughs> yeah. go to go to the website or call the restaurant um, because really what you're telling us is that you might be lazy or you might be listen take initiative do your planning get out there and, and be active right um stay ahead of the technology i i've started saying this recently there will be more opportunity i believe in the next 10 or 20 years to make money, to be gainfully employed, to make a real meaningful difference in the world than there has been in the last 100 or even 200 years. I mean, I, I know there's been incredible advancement and there's industrial revolution and, you know, 120 years ago, we were, a good part of this country was still riding horses, right? What's gonna happen? The acceleration of change, the acceleration of technological advancement is going to be scary and staggering. And people who are open every day to continue to learn and grow, they'll be the folks that will ultimately wind up in leadership positions or high-level individual contributors. And I think it comes down to just effort and consistency because, you know, every day in life, you, you have a spot and someone else is fighting for it. And if you don't fight for it, they're going to take it from you. So uh, I think it comes down to just effort and just consistency, just really driving you forward as things do advance, you'll advance with them also. Yep. True. But and as, kind of some parting goods, Steve. Oh, no. And uh, as we, uh, as we kind of just uh, wrap up this, uh, this podcast, we like to ask, you know, all our guests who join our show, uh, just to give uh, one piece of advice, whether it be to individuals who are upcoming in their career or in, even in similar uh, leadership capacities as yourself, Anthony, um, is there one piece of advice you could uh, part them with? Yeah, that, wow. That's a great question. Just one. I think there's so many important ones. Um, 
Yeah. Wow. I, I would have to say you have to focus on self-awareness and focus on other people. And I, when I say self-awareness, I mean, knowing, know yourself better than you, than you, than you ever have before. And then understand that one of the keys to success is in serving others. And so, so what does that mean? That's a really high level thing that maybe doesn't say much. Um, I think it's, I think it's really important um, to, to really get into your own journey of understanding who you are, why you are, who you are, and then how you can make yourself better. And then transition to understanding your unique talents, your unique abilities. Look at everybody. One of my favorite bumper stickers, right? Is you are special and unique, just like everybody else, right? Um, you have a certain set of skills and you have a certain talent and you have certain aptitudes. Learn who they are. That's the self-awareness part. Really learn what it is and then focus on how you can help other people doing it. And that's really important. Um, from a business perspective, I like to read books about really super successful people on their deathbed, right? And there's there seems to be a recurrent, like, what would you do differently? And there seems to be a recurring thing of two or three things that keep coming back, um, which, I, which I'd like to share because it's important. It's, you know, you should really um, learn master the art of saying no, right? That's because in a world where you get hit and just all day long, we get attacked. I say attacked, like it feels like a swarm of something um, that a lot of people are reaching out and everybody has their own objective, uh, you know, or agenda and they want you to do something for them. And if it doesn't align with what your mission is and what you're doing, you, you, have, to, you have to master the art of saying no. Uh, the second is control your emotions in all things, both good and bad. Right, you you have to learn to stay even keeled. You can't be a hot reactor. You can't be an underreactor. Stay focused on that. Um, and the third thing I would say is always ask for more. That's something that like the most successful people on the planet look back on their career and say, "Wow, I missed that opportunity, or I could have been of more value there." Or, you know, always ask for more. And 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 don't be shy. Be confident. You know, um, you know, it, it's it's not complaining when you're offering a solution, right? I get that a lot, right? The team will come say, well, you know, I'm really not complaining. And I'm like, listen, we're in the data business. So it's not complaining, it's retrospective observation, right? Just, <laughs> um, but if it's, here's the situation, here's the analysis, here's the recommendation, here are two or three recommendations, it's not complaining. It's how we get better. We're human beings, again, until human beings change is not gonna change. So as long as you're, you have that self-awareness, you have awareness in others, and then uh, just try to get better every day, you know, what more can we ask? Of I think it's a great thing to emulate personally. So, yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes hard to pull off, but I totally agree. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Very. You guys had some really great questions today. Really meaningful. And, uh, we you know, can't, I want to say, we really appreciate you taking the time and, um, you know, I think it's a, we've had a long-term relationship and I very much appreciate it and um, love the words of wisdom you provided our audience and uh, we can't thank you enough to participate. Yeah, yeah, like thank you, Anthony. yeah, thank you so much and happy birthday, Michael. Today's your birthday. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that.